Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Jeff Rayleigh. He is always thinking about making things better. He's an engineer by schooling and is a creative dreamer, which that says it right there. If he wants to make things better, you have to be an engineer <laughs> or engineering mindset, Jeff. Uh, his career started in a commercial construction where he has worked in being innovative and bringing innovation to a, you know, a large, you know, healthcare company and higher education building projects. After business school, he helped small businesses and private equities, company backed equities, um, devise growth and innovation plans as a strategy consultant. He has started and shuttered, you know, uh, several tech startups, but thankfully he's learning a lot along along the way, like we always are. Uh, Jeff started Groundwork after realizing the sales process for home improvement contractor needed to be rethought. Groundwork is an early stage company and is growing quickly in an increasingly virtual world we live in today. Jeff, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Doing all right. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, I know that we... I remember when you started before you started Groundwork, you started Better Quote. Was that the was that the right? Yep. So yeah, so Best Quote was the name of the company quote, before. Yeah, yeah. So the rebranding process took hold a couple of months ago, and uh, hopefully never have to do that again. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've done that once before, and you had to change. It was like you change image, you change logo, you change copyright, you change everything communication with the, like as the, for the company. Um, so yeah, it's. <laughs> It is a very daunting task of all the little things to to, to fix, even email. <laughs> yep, yep. So, There's a lot of parts. But Jeff, you know, I want to I want to talk about you know your your journey. I think with um with best quote, kind of moving over to to groundwork, and you know, just I mean, it gives a little insight of this when we're in the intro where it talks about the sales process for you know home improvement contractors. But you know, more so, um, I think the listeners want to know is you know why did you start groundwork what and and what kind of the path that took um till literally today or even in a little bit in the future if you want to reveal some things too yeah so when i got started um as you mentioned kind of in the intro i uh i've always even coming right out of school i was looking for something a little bit uh more innovative kind of got curious about technology and um, you know, had done some internships in school and realized I didn't necessarily like being on site in, const in the construction world. Um, but I also graduated in 2008. Uh, so a lot was changing very rapidly and a, a job offer was a, a good thing to have in hand. So um, I got into that world and started working on site. And uh, what I realized very quickly is that technology and the commercial side of the contracting business is rapidly changing how all of those contractors worked. Um, so I really got in, into that and was lucky enough to be a part of a company that was innovating there, investing in technology. And um, so I kind of started my thoughts of, hey, you know, this technology deal is a, is a big deal. I also worked out in San Francisco for a summer on an internship. <clears throat> so not in technology, but on a construction site in Santa Clara. Um, so just kind of felt that buzz just by proximity. Um, it kind of just caught the bug. And uh, I was living in Richmond, Virginia at the time, and that uh, was not necessarily an innovation hub like uh, San Francisco is, but was able to kind of find some people to to pal around with in that entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem there. Um 
you know, like I said, started started a couple things, you know, failed, tried, gave it a gave it a good shot a couple of times with a bunch of different types of businesses. Um, you know, some more viable or successful than others, but um, you know, taking notes along the way and then went to business school, got some consulting experience working with uh, other small uh businesses and technology startups and um and then I got back to Indianapolis about two years ago, uh, moved back here with the family and uh, realized there's an opportunity to take some of the innovation I've learned in the um, contracting side of things and the commercial side and, and apply that to the residential side of, of the business. <clears throat> so, you know, I went through a research process of kind of what, what problem needs to be solved here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that ended up being that the sales process really hadn't been innovated a whole lot. Um, you know, contractors still running around town doing those in-person sales appointments. Um, and that cost them time and money. Um, and, you know, with everything going increasingly virtual, basically what I, what I had thought is maybe there's a different way to do this. Um, and so that's really where the whole idea started. Um, you know, we've got a whole bunch of, uh, goals with the product. Um, and, you know, I could rattle off the features and, uh, ideas that we've got, but the fact of the matter is we are like 10 days away from releasing the new version of the product. So we're very, very deep in, uh, kind of the basics, just like make it work and, and get it out there make sure it's, uh, going to provide value to the customers that we have right now. So that's a little bit about, uh, how the business started, um, and kind of how it all got going. I like it. I like you, how you kind of summed up your your journey, um, and, and it gave you a little bit more detail into your bio and everything too. Um, it, it's and, and it's an interesting thing because everybody has you know is either a contractor or has dealt with contractors and trying to figure out um, kind of that whole process. But you notice like one segment out of the whole thing of the whole interaction that needed to be improved, which is really cool, and so you know, from that one piece of the actual sales process of, of, of contractors trying to figure out um, how kind of the home improvement kind of, you know, that sales process to be, you know, I, I'm kind of flipping more towards um, the customer experience. You know, it's a slow to change industry. How um, is customer experience you've seen with the previous customer experience of what's kind of going on and what you're trying to develop and, you know, working towards with groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the reality is that there's <clears throat> nothing new under the sun, right? That, that's, I like that saying a lot. And I think uh, that's absolutely the case in the customer experience uh, journey that we are on and providing new um, or at least uh, bringing existing thoughts into the contracting space. I mean, there's an expectation on the part of homeowners to have a certain level of sophistication and in, in working with, um, you know, products that they buy, uh, whether it just be like the e-commerce type of type of situation. But also if you think about, um, you know, something as boring as taxes, like somebody into it figured out, I can make this, I can make the experience not so painful. Um, and that is, a, that is the type of thing that we're doing here. Um, 
you know, it's, it's not always going to be um, readily adopted. You know, we are definitely pushing the envelope where these contractors kind of want to go, but COVID has, has changed the game in a huge, huge way because contractors are realizing, Hey, there's, there's some different uh, strategies here we can employ that, that save us time and money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think when I, when I think about the customer experience that we're looking to foster, it's really just replicating what's available and what other people have done very, very well. Um, so it might, it might just be like kind of a copycat type of answer, but I mean, that's the truth of the matter is, uh, we think that contractors deserve tools that give their homeowners, give their prospects a really high value type of interaction that's more convenient, uh, virtual, uh, you know, I say quick, easy, virtual. That's what we're going for. Uh, that's what homeowners want. And, uh, you know, we're elevating contracting businesses because there's such a gap in the way that they um, – way that homeowner, the expectation from homeowners and the tools that the contractors – have to deliver that expectation, we're really bridging the gap there um, and providing contractors with a way to, to look really good in front of homeowners and provide that customer experience that they're they're used to in other industries and with other products. I like that that you're not you're not developing something new. You're bit you're making the experience better. Um, I think that's kind of the big thing. And so you know I have a second question out of that um, that you kind of mentioned that where contractors deserve these tools to help with um, with the sales process and, and talking with homeowners and everything. And so kind of what have you seen that you're, you're listening to? Cause I, I noticed that you, you send out a, a weekly report, you, you have investigated, you have asked a lot of questions um, through this whole process, uh, which is um, really astute and, and, great of you because you're, you're listening to the customer. So what have you kind of learned from that process um, of what actual contractors want and how can, have you gone through that process? If you want to share that with other people who might be looking to start their own business or even approve their businesses of how do, how do I start doing that where I'm building the customer experience by asking what they want, but doing it in a scalable way that's efficient to actually help the business out. Yeah. I mean, I think when, when I think about, what we did to get started, it wasn't efficient. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, you need to build that efficiency over time. And obviously technology is a great way to do that, but <clears throat> you know, I'm still in a bit of hand to hand combat. And that's the way I refer to it. Right. It's, it's just, there's no way to, uh, do something slightly novel in an industry like we're working in or really in any industry, um, without, really getting out there and getting some feedback from the people that you're looking to get on board. So the way I did that really on is, um, I mean, very much Eric Reese lean startup type of stuff. And if people aren't familiar with that, it's, um, you know, test and iterate as fast as possible. And the way you do that is not by developing a whole bunch of code and like figuring out a whole program. It's by bringing people into your, development process. So I very early on, uh, the first person that I had on board said, Hey, here's my idea. Um, here's how I think I'm going to do it. And will you give me the login information for your website? And I'm going to put this thing on your website. I might break your website, but I think it's going to work. And, you know, you have to have that humility in order to 
get people on your side. Um, people are, I was just thinking about that this, this morning, when you get salesy, people really turn off. So, but when you bring somebody into your creative process or into your journey, um, that is an incredibly powerful thing. Um, so that that's really, I mean, the basis for it. I mean, a couple of the other things that we've done is um, as we've been developing this new version of the product, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, Hey, we've got, this is ugly. This isn't going to work. We're going to get some bugs here, but we want you to see this, you, you know, make them feel a part of it. You know, like you're part of this group. That's you're the first people to see this. Um, and that is a really special way to build rapport. Um, and even before that, I mean, I'll, I'll even back up a little bit, uh, at the risk of droning on here, but, you know, just asking the questions without an idea of what you want the answer to be is a really, really important skill when you're doing anything entrepreneurial. Um, you know, do you like the way that this works is a very, that's a leading question. Um, you know, so being very, very diligent in how you're asking questions of your potential customers, um, you know, set up experiments that have a result that could be, uh, could result in your products being completely dead. <laughs> you know, kill your products, set up experiments where you want to kill your thing. Because without that, um, you're just kind of tooting your own horn, which is very, which is far less unlikely to, to work out uh, in the long run. I like that. Um, and you hit upon just one thing. You just, you said humility. I think it kind of sums everything up of um, who you are of trying to literally, I mean, I've seen you before. You're like, you're like, let's kill the product. Or I remember even in our co-working space at ZWorks, um, you were like, let's bring investors in to, to talk about how, how do you, you know, start up investing. It's just in the sense of soaking up information and being a sponge to different elements, because not only are you serving those contractors that are serving homeowners, but you're serving the investors who are, are seeing the vision in your product. And you're like, well, this is, this is what we're doing. And so my next question out of that is that the startups, you know, you know, the startup grind, everybody knows the startup grind. If they've been in a startup, um, doesn't matter if you're early stage, doesn't matter if you're in the scalable stage, it's, it's still a grind. You're still, you know, trying to hit those numbers, but still be pur purposeful. And mm -hmm. so with, you know, that being said, you know, what was, what, what happened, you know, before the whole with COVID with quarantines, um, of what you kind of saw with the contractor industries of, of your startup grind, um, as well as, you know, what has changed and pivoted, um, for your company. And even, um, it could be the customer experience in the sense of contractors. You kind of hinted that, yeah, we need something more virtual. Um, if you want to, you know, touch upon that about, you know, what has happened, even just literally 2020, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, on the metrics basis, I mean, we are very early in our, in our, uh, journey here. Um, you know, we have a, a user base of, of contractors from, you know, Portland to LA to the Florida Keys to Boston, but there's only, I mean, there's, there's dozens of them, not hundreds, right? So, you know, we're early in the process, but we have seen a lot of, 
progress and, and the people we have on board are into what we're doing, which is, you know, I'd rather have people into what we're doing and, you know, have dozens of customers as opposed to having thousands who really are kind of indifferent in what we're doing. Um, so that gives us a unique perspective into kind of the ground truth of what's going on out there. Um, you know, to start the year, we had a handful of customers and then COVID hit and that kind of, the way I describe it um, is if you look at a graph of the number of Zoom meetings or Zoom users, Zoom accounts in February of 2020 or January compared to May, June, July, um, which I have that graph. And it is astounding how many more accounts and users, the adoption there is just through the roof, right? Um, and that is what we hope to be. Uh, you know, we think that that is a proxy for the readiness of our customer base to adopt this type of thing. So uh, before COVID, I was really selling uh, to a very niche, like the most innovative, the most um, forward-thinking, you know, young 30-something type of people who just started this contracting business, which there are a lot of those. And that trend will continue to happen uh, just based on the economics of uh, business ownership and baby boomers and all that stuff getting out of the workforce. But um, with when COVID hit, the buyer base, just like the user base for Zoom, the buyer base got way, way, way bigger really fast. Um, so that is the major shift is just the uh, willingness. I mean, it's just like the same thing for work from home. People are like, oh, does work from home work for, is this just a temporary thing? I think the answer to that is, Maybe, but there will always be aspects of work from home, work from home that will be a part of our work culture now. Um, and I think that's the same uh, type of tailwind that we see with our business that uh, contractors are still going to want this type of option, even though, you know, two years from now, eight years from now, who, whoever knows how long this, this thing is going to go on. Um, even though that they still can do that handshake and drive around town and do those in-person meetings, um, you know, the mentality is still likely going to have that shift uh, as the baseline uh, to say, Hey, we could do this a little bit more efficiently and do it, do it virtually. So that's, that's kind of the way we've seen things move. Um, sometimes it takes those, those, those macro type of events, those shocks to the system to make you know, to, to force change like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just lucky to, um, you know, one of my contractors called me and she's like, you're really smart. I'm like, well, either that or I'm just really lucky. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the, the way, the wave that we will be riding over the next couple of years. Uh, we're pretty confident of that. I think Jeff, it's a little bit of both <laughs> yeah. being smart and being lucky. I think it's just having the right product at the right time. And I think that you, um, even before you did your due diligence of, of seeing something that, you know, made things easier for people not to travel as much. Um, and, and I mean, I'm noticing that even with my own like home contracting stuff and yeah. quote unquote, there's a, there's a big company out there that um, has a lot of people and it's in the indie area uh, that does contracting stuff. But I, I just kind of see um, this being more advantageous because when you're mentioning like bridging the gap, um, between, you know, contractors and homeowners, I thought it was really cool because you're, 
you're taking almost price out of the equation and you're building relationships. And I feel like that's even a stronger premise. It's more of a purposeful premise rather than a profit of, you know, can this, can this negotiation happen in the sense of, you know, how can I help you, you know, with your home? But in the same sense too, I'm not wasting time or money with all this, you know, all these projects or these small things and negotiating with other people that you're building that rapport right off. And yeah. it's really, really cool. And so no more grilling questions. I want to give you my little tidbit of, you know, that, but kind of want to, you know, if you want to share, you know, you shared a little bit of an example of a contractor, um, you know, praising you saying, you know, you're, you're really smart. You're like, you're ahead of the game on stuff. But if you want to talk about, you know, anything offline that you haven't really um, posted on social media, or it's not on the current website or on the new website yet that you want to kind of talk about in the sense of it could be something um, insightful um, from the industry that you have seen or a pivot that you, that you guys have, you know, have changed um, even before COVID during COVID now, um, if there's anything you want to kind of share now, you know, here's the time to kind of share, you know, Jeff's story about groundwork. Yeah. So I'll maybe take that uh, question from a different angle. Um, I think there's, I mean, there's a, there's some big challenges in the contracting industries in general, uh, whether it be commercial or residential, there's a huge, huge labor shortage. Um, and, you know, pretty well publicized, pretty well covered. Um, one of the plumbing contractors here in, in Indianapolis, I heard him say something to the effect of, I put a, he put a, an ad out for a graphic designer, you know, maybe $40,000 a year and got like 30 applications. And then he puts a, an ad out to get a new plumber on board, $65,000 a year, and he can't find anybody to fill the spot. So, there's a huge problem in the trades. And one of the things that I haven't talked about a whole lot, but I think is very valid is technology can help bring people into the trades uh, and into either business ownership or make their jobs easier, more um, fulfilling, uh, just more fun uh, to do the hard work of turning wrenches and, you know, doing all the stuff on site that needs to get done to, to make our built environment work. Um, it's just an incredibly underrated uh, skill set uh, in a world of tech. Um, so I think that's something that we'll focus on eventually, whether it be through partnerships or sponsorships, or you know, there are a lot of nonprofits out there, uh, in state and local organizations uh, looking to push that initiative because it's a, it's a major economic driver. Um, so yeah, that's maybe something off the radar that I haven't talked about, but, um, you know, something I've got my eye on that's, um, you know, something we'll likely get involved with down the line. I totally agree with you. Um, been talking to my contractor about that and they said, yeah, the, the, the amount of business is great. It's the people that want to actually work or that are skilled in certain things that are more hands-on more tactile. And yeah. yeah, you're right. You know, in, in a world of tech um, where things are being built, yeah, you're bringing people to, you know, the source, but are people actually building it? No, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. Um, 
And so you see that every day. And so that that's really insightful that you've you've seen that too, where it's it's really cool that you're you're building something, a product, but you're also seeing kind of seeing the future of it, of what's kind of going on in the industry and how, you know, how can, you know, your insight from your company help other companies um, that are trying to figure out this, you know, this labor shortage. It's it's huge. I mean, you can see it, you know, very prevalent. Um, so Jeff, no longer about, you know, groundwork, stories. This part of the episode is about you. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning, have your cup of coffee, what you're drinking now. Um, why do you do what you do? Why do you, why groundwork? Why contractors? Why, what, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you, what's the passion that drives you when you get up and you're like, this is the reason I do this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just like the the innate interest in making, you know, developing a better mousetrap. I mean, I was uh, in in high school, um, you know, drawn to really creative things. I was definitely the the jock guy too, you know, football and basketball and track and all that stuff. But <clears throat> really into music and um like the creative process and i i've heard people relate entrepreneurship to to you know being a musician or being an artist of some sort and i think there's a ton a ton of uh analogies there that make a lot of sense and, and run pretty deep so i think it's just that i mean i don't know if there's any like you know, it's not like I have some personal tragedy that's really driving me to fix the problem here. I think it's just the mashup of my interests of, you know, technical stuff and the innate interest in making something better. Um, and I just also have a passion for business. I mean, I, I think that's just um, the, a cocktail for uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately going on this uh, entrepreneurial journey. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is it's not glorious, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of, I mean, I was up till midnight last night and in the office at about 6.35 this morning, right? So it is a grind, but when I step back and look at it and, you know, my kids come in and write on, write on the whiteboard and my son misspells the company name in a really cute way, like, just good stuff. You know, it's like, there's, there's, um, it's kind of fun to be working on something that's bigger than you, uh, in a way. Um, and also kind of charting your own course. I mean, that that's a, just a part of kind of who I am and what I want to, what I like to get involved with. I like that. So what did he spell it like? <laughs> oh, uh, he spelled, well, when it was best quote, it was, uh, K-W-O-T-E, I think, is what he put in there. Something, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. flowers from my daughter around here. It's, it's, uh, they love coming down to the office. It's, it's kind of fun. I like that. So, you know, besides, you know, besides work and the grind, you know, what do you do as a hobby, as your created outlet to kind of bring a little bit more, um, it could be a different nuance, a different perspective back into, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, so I'd say there's two things. One, my wife challenged me to uh, work out the last 100 days of the year. So that's a 30-minute workout at least. Um, so sometimes it's running, sometimes it's lifting, sometimes it's just you know, yoga on a, on a light day. But that is necessary. Um, you know, last night it was – I was kind of sitting around it and it's like, you know, I, I need to get that 
get that workout in. So that is like a just a part of life that I have found, you know, for different people, it's different things, but I've found when I have that rhythm of getting my heart moving, getting my body moving, um, I'm more effective in a lot of, a lot of aspects of life, including work. Um, so that's one thing, but I also love fishing, uh, here in Zionsville, there's, uh, Eagle Creek. And earlier this week, they, every, every winter, um, for the last couple of years, they've stocked it with rainbow trout in the winter time. Um, so it's fun. It's it, that is something that just takes. I have a hard time shutting things off, as many entrepreneurs do. Um, so that is an activity that takes my whole brain away from everything else. Um, you know, it's a very focused activity. Can't necessarily think about a whole lot else except for, you know, where you're putting the fly. You know, your back cast, all the conditions and. You know, it's it's a very all-encompassing activity, so that's something that I thoroughly uh, enjoy as well. You hinted on this, but about the 100-day challenge about your health. So my last question was about health, and it could be, you know, what kind of have you learned from you know being in this 100-day challenge, or it could be something other health-related. It could be mental health, it could be spiritual, it could be whatever that kind of helps you kind of recharge, and it could also just be the 100 days of what you've learned from that too. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the 100-day thing. I mean, um, and, and I think this goes for a lot of goals and people who are, you know, setting aggressive goals and doing crazy things like starting a company or, um, you know, raising kids, any any of those things. It's it's a, um, you know, I am, I think, four days behind on my 100 days. So I'm going to uh, take it back to, like, high school football two-a-days here at some point. You know, so we try to clip those off when I miss a day. Like, you miss a day. And you just, but that doesn't mean your hundred days are gone. Like it's a reassessment of how to meet the goal, maybe in a slightly different way, but um, that reassessment and uh, ability to uh, kind of adjust the mindset to say, Hey, this is still, we can still do this is something that's super important in all aspects of life. Um so that's something that comes to mind as as a as a just a a mental exercise, you know, when things don't line up. How do you uh, continue on the path so that you can get to your goal? Maybe not the exact same way, but still still get there. I like that keeping yourself accountable, um, but pivoting like all, constantly pivoting, constantly developing that better mousetrap, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you put so. Jeff, you know, thanks for talking about, you know, about groundwork, the contractor industry, your background, um, how you've kind of gone through the process and, and still kind of going through the process day in, day out, sharing a little bit about you, your family, your work, your hobbies, your health. So I think um, I think some people will feel really inspired um, by some of the stuff that you said and even the processes that you've taken um, just for yourself that has has made, you know, that first foundation of groundwork, um, getting that to be um, very possible. And I think, um, you know, I wish you a bunch of success with this. Well, I appreciate it, Sean. And thanks for having me on. And uh, hopefully grab a, an actual cup of coffee here sometime soon. Definitely, definitely. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap. 